Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about protein. I love this subject. I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding around this subject, a lot of anxiety around this subject, right? Um, and a lot of times the anxiety comes from not knowing enough or knowing just enough to confuse you, uh, uh, but not enough to empower you. Oh my goodness. Isn't that how it is with fitness and life in general? Oh my goodness. Sometimes when we just know enough to confuse us, that's when we're stumped. That's when we feel like, I, I don't know, you know, my next foot to put forward, like where to, to get my footing. But if we continue learning just a little bit more, we can kind of move through the complexity and land on the other side, uh, back to simplicity. Okay. That's actually, I, I know I've talked about this before, but I do feel like in my own studies and my own time uh, being a nutritionalist, being a nutrition coach, uh, working with the body and anatomy in training, all of these things, like you first start learning and it's almost overwhelming because like, wow, there's so much I don't know. And believe me, I still feel that way. But the more you learn, you kind of move into complexity. It can be overwhelming. But if you continue learning, then you move past the complexity back to simplicity. And you're able to kind of pull a lot of information and be like, okay, there's a ton of information out there, but actually only this, this, and this actually matter to me. And if I try to do it all, or try to worry about it all, you can be really overwhelmed, right? So I'm excited about this discussion because we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about protein absorption. We're going to be talking about muscle protein synthesis. And we're going to be talking about how much protein do you actually need. Now I'm going to break this into sections for you. The first section is going to be about how much protein do you need daily for beginners? Okay, so after that section is over, if you're a beginner, you can really turn the episode off. Like You don't need to proceed listening because it may be overwhelming to you. I, I always need to remind myself that I'm kind of speaking to a broad audience. I'm speaking to a lot of newbies, a lot of beginners, and yet I also attract a lot of advanced clients, advanced uh, athletes, and coaches. And so I'm going to talk to different, uh, I guess, populations of that spectrum at different points. So right now I'm going to be talking to you beginners. What do you need to worry about as far as protein goes? you need to worry about getting adequate enough protein for the day, period. End of story. How you get it, where it comes from, let's worry about that another day. Right now, entering into this, this new health fitness world, the most important thing is that you begin making progress 
to get enough protein consumed for the day. Okay, well, what's enough protein consumed for the day? What do I mean by that? So there's actually a spectrum. Now, what's fascinating about protein and the conversation about protein is we actually have a lot of research on the subject. And the research hasn't given us definite numbers. The research has given us ranges to work in. And I love that, actually. There's some people don't, some people don't like that. They're like, no, 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 I need an exact number. But the great thing about the, the research is it's saying, no, there are ranges. And if you fall within this range, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. So the range for protein is anywhere between 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, a lot of times I get the question, well, should that be what I weigh right now or what I want to weigh? If you, and that is a really good question for those that are sitting at much higher body fat percentages or even in obesity, because if a woman comes to me and is 210 pounds, and I'm some fitness influencer that tells everybody, well, just one gram per pound. Well, do you know how hard that's going to be for that woman to hit 210 grams of protein? Now, that's pretty easy for my husband, who's been a bodybuilder, who's been a competitor for years, who's a big guy who wants to eat a lot, but a woman who isn't even getting 60, 70 grams of protein in a day because maybe the food culture, their environment has always been, you know, high fats, high carb. That is going to be near impossible. So for higher body fat percentages for obesity, we usually tell them per goal weight. Those who are in a healthy body fat percentage, the differences are so like minuscule that it doesn't really matter. So the range pretty much is though 0.8 grams to one gram per pound of body weight. So where do you land there though? How do you choose where you should be there? So I'll give a little bit more guidance. Most of it comes down to preference. So if you already struggle getting your protein in, I would say start out at 0.8 grams, you're going to be fine. If the goal is muscle gain, fat loss, you're going to be fine. So 0.8 grams would be where you land. Now, I actually land at 1.2. That's usually where I land. So a little bit higher than the one gram, which is fine. Why do I do that? Do I feel some need that if I don't hit that, I'm going to lose all my muscle? No, it's just that that's my preference. I really enjoy protein and I enjoy getting a lot of it at each meal. I also have habits and lifestyle established that makes that very easy for me. So I sit at that higher range for preference purposes. So it really is okay to land anywhere between there. Now, I will say this much. We'll talk a little bit more about 
body recomp, this desire to um, sit at maintenance and build or get a little bit of uh, body fat loss and build a little bit at the same time. We'll talk about that a little bit more later and optimizing that later. But for those of you who are beginners and want to do that, then there has been some research showing that leaning towards the higher, the one gram can assist because we can feel fuller. So it helps us stay in the calorie deficit, yet produces enough protein in the body for us to be able to also build at the same time. And so that's something that you may want to lean more towards 0.9 or 1 gram if your goal is more of body recomp. Okay, so with that being said, I have now spoken to you newbies. You know exactly what you should do. The rest of this conversation is going to be for those that are a little bit more advanced. Well, maybe not the absorption part. Let's go into absorption. This part is important for newer clients to understand as well. Before I go into that, though, I forgot to make this announcement. Between December 26th and January 7th, if you sign up for the Lifting Lindsay app, you will actually get free macros. So I will give free macros out to those that are in builds or those that are in a calorie deficit that want to go into a cut and really drop body fat. So between December 26th and January 7th, if you sign up, you will get free macros and I'll think through all of this for you. You don't really have to. So that's kind of great. Great for you, right? Makes things a lot easier. And for those of you who are already app users, I also want to help you get a really good plan to start the New Year's. Now, I know a lot of people, I don't know if you've seen this on social media, but I've been seeing this. A lot of people really bash the New Year's and are like, you shouldn't wait to start your diet on the New Year's or you shouldn't wait. to." And although I understand what they're trying to say, and I agree that literally any day of the week, it doesn't even have to be a Monday, you can start trying to be your healthiest, stronger self. I'm not going to ignore the fact that there is something about the New Year's. The holidays are over. You get back into a routine. There's kind of this excitement about a new year, new you. Everybody else is trying to lose a few pounds too. So there really is this excitement around health. There's some momentum that can be built around it really easily. People are already doing that. And so it's really easy to hop on the train. And so I'm all for that. Anything that's going to help my clients, the fact that they can get into a calorie deficit and all their friends, their husbands, their you know family members are all trying to do it too, it really helps. The support is a big deal. And so I'm all for utilizing this time of the year as a jump start into health and fitness. So for those of you who are already app users, I am the very last week of December. I am doing two lives where I'm walking you through how to use the macro calculator that I have on there for you guys and how to figure out what your plan should be. So a lot of you have already logged in to the Facebook group and put in your information and we're going to be talking and helping you guys out. So 
I'm really excited about that. Now, back to protein. So let's talk about absorption. The other day I was drinking um, Core Life or Core Power. Um, It's one of my favorite like quick protein pre-made drinks. I really enjoy it because it doesn't taste like chalk. So (laughs) So anyway, it had 42 grams of protein. And I had a few people message me and say, oh, but Lindsay, your body can only absorb and use about 30 grams. So that's not true. That is a fitness fallacy. But I really like talking about where these fallacies came from. So we remember we're talking about absorption right now. We're not discussing muscle protein synthesis. So this idea that our body could only absorb uh, 20 to 30 grams of protein or that our, our body has a protein intake ceiling, sometimes people will call it that, it came from an early study where they noticed that when they increased protein, it increased the urinary nitrogen. And so these researchers wrongly assumed that this meant that the body could only absorb and use a certain amount of protein, and then it peed the rest of it out. So I literally got people writing to me telling me, oh, but you peed out like 12 grams of protein there. I, I didn't, but let's talk about why there was this increase, okay? in nitrogen found in the urine. So the body is in this constant state of building and breaking down proteins. When you eat protein, your body breaks it into amino acids and then it makes its own protein. And there are so many jobs that protein has in the body. There are tons of jobs. So we're talking about antibodies, enzymes, messengers, like there are some types of hormone messages and biological processes between different cells, tissues, and organs that are all taken care of by proteins, okay? So proteins help with transport and storage too. Proteins bind and carry atoms and small molecules like throughout the body. Like there are so many things that protein does, okay? So two big takeaways. One, your body will absorb all of the protein. They'll use, your body will use it for many things, okay? Two very important things. But why was there more nitrogen in the urine? Let's talk about that. So as I said, uh, it breaks down into amino acids then makes its own protein. What's being found is the more protein you eat, the more the body can replace damage or oxidize protein. So both building and breaking down is increased which is why there's an increase in nitrogen in the urine. So eating more protein increases urinary nitrogen, not because the body can't absorb and use that protein, but because there's an increase in your body's protein turnover. So like I said, if I enjoy my favorite core power, guys, don't be thinking I'm just peeing out 12 grams of it because it was that 42 grams, right? And anything above 30 grams is a total waste. So there's two kind of planes of thoughts on this. 
Some people are like, well, your body can't absorb it and use it. Even though that they understand that there's, there's tons of different things that the body uses protein for. They, it, it just, it can only take in so much at a time and it pees out the rest. And then there's other people who are like, well, but there's also muscle protein synthesis. And there's a cap to that. And anything beyond that is a waste too. So let's go in to that. Because I think that that's pretty important. So like I said, there's protein absorption. And now we know, no, the body's going to absorb. And actually, what's pretty cool about the small intestines is the small intestines will absorb and store a lot of aminos. Okay, so we really have an incredible body here. It is going to absorb and use what it's been given majority of what it's been given. So now let's move into the discussion on muscle protein synthesis. But I do want to talk a little bit about what is muscle protein synthesis and get a good idea of what that is so we so everybody who's listening has a little bit more context because sometimes people will throw out things like muscle protein synthesis and and They just assume that everybody knows what that is, okay? So muscle protein synthesis is an anabolic response that happens after resistance training or after high-protein meals. To maximize this response, this muscle protein synthesis response, we usually want to eat from complete protein sources. And a lot of research shows that leucine is the most important amino in activating this. To maximize the muscle protein response, we need at least 2.5 grams of leucine. Well, those research shows about two to three grams of leucine. And that can be had in about 30 grams of whey protein, just to kind of give you an idea. So that's kind of referred to as the leucine threshold. So leucine is a very important part of this, but it's not the only part. We really do want complete proteins. We want high quality proteins consumed and we want enough at one time to get a really high response. So once most muscle protein synthesis is spiked, it lasts about two to three hours before it goes back to baseline. Now, it's going it's going to drop even if during that 2 to 3 hours you have a little bit more protein, it's still going to drop from the initial time it was spiked. So sometimes people think, well, if I sip on it all throughout the day or eat it all throughout the day, then I'm going to keep this this muscle protein synthesis on all day long. And that's not how it works. I like thinking about it in terms too of it being a light switch, but but almost like a, a dimmer switch, right? Because there is a minimum amount required to kind of turn the lights on, if you will. Now, the minimum threshold for muscle protein synthesis is usually around 20 grams. Now, this depends on the individual and it depends on the quality of protein, but it's usually about 20 grams. Now, the cap of muscle protein synthesis 
is usually around 30 to 50 grams. Once again, depending on the individual, depending on the quality of protein. So like I said, the body is in this constant state of building anabolic or breaking down catabolic, right? So it's in this constant state of going back and forth. Now, if over the course of the day, we can stay in a net positive protein state, then we are going to build muscle because we'll be in pretty much an anabolic, a net anabolic state. So how much protein do we need in order to attain that? Well, I already talked about it a little bit as far as in general, 0.8 grams to one gram. I already talked about that. So that's a a basic, if you stay around there, you should be fine. We can get even a little bit more particular. So it looks like getting at least four hits of 0.4 grams per kilogram will be good enough to get a really good muscle protein synthesis response for the day. Now, keep in mind that research was talking about kilograms. For those of you in the United States, we usually go by pounds, right? So if you're a 160-pound female, then that's about a roundish 72 kilograms. So you would be doing 0.4 times 72, and it's going to tell you, oh, that's about 28 grams of protein. So if you want to maximize your protein, uh, your muscle protein synthesis, you want at least four hits of 0.4 grams. And that should be more than fine. But what if you go over that? Is it a waste? So sometimes people will say, well, if you already hit an activated muscle protein synthesis, why go above it? Do you just pee it out? Was it a waste of calories? No, I think if you like protein and you go above it, it's just fine. And an interesting uh, citation from one study, Hudson 2020, they actually uh, said that the amino acids ingested in excess of the saturable dose may not be necessarily wasted. Instead, they may suppress protein breakdown to promote a more positive net balance. So even the excess, it seems on a whole body level they've seen, keeps you in a net protein positive balance, which is something we really want to go for when the focus is on maximizing muscle growth. So once again, even for muscle protein synthesis, it's not wasted. Also, protein can be used to help people feel fuller and feel more satisfied after a large meal. So the remaining protein isn't wasted once again, and it can also be used for energy. Those other mechanisms that I told you about that protein is used for in the body, it can also be used for those things. It, protein isn't just about muscle. It, it is about overall health in the body, and it's used for overall health in the body, not just muscle. And sometimes someone who is looking for body recomp to lose body fat and gain muscle may find that this is really ideal for them, getting more protein as well. Now let's talk about another subject within muscle protein synthesis. 
skewed versus even distribution. So keep in mind, if you are new in fitness, I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with it being skewed. Well, let's first talk about what is skewed versus even distribution. Even distribution is usually you take the amount of protein you want to hit for a day. So let's say you're you're a larger male, you have 200 grams of protein that you want to hit for the day. You divide that by four, and you're going to be spacing out 50 hits of protein a day because you want to eat four times, and that works great for you. So 50 grams. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, that's an even distribution. And remember what we talked about as far as muscle timing as well, that you'll want to, if, if the goal is maximizing muscle gains, then you'll want to spread that out uh, and eat every like three to four hours or spread it out so that it's three to four hours in between times of eating. Skewed is just, I, I see this a lot with women. Maybe they'll do 15 grams here, 10 grams here, 13 grams here, then 30, then 30 again, then another 10, then 20. And what's interesting about that is remember how we talked about activating muscle protein synthesis is a lot of those tiny little nitpickings of protein may not be enough to maximize muscle protein synthesis response in the body. So that's why there's this conversation of, well, which is better, skewed versus even? So I'm going to break this down once again to it depends on where you're at in your fitness journey. If you are just getting into fitness, you are just getting into lifting, you are just getting into getting enough protein for the day, then don't worry about skewed versus even distribution just yet. Don't worry about that. You're going to be fine. Your first year of lifting weights, you usually face the easy muscle gains anyways. So just getting enough protein for the day and just focusing on that, however you get it in, is good enough. Okay, that is so important to understand that it's good enough. And, and many times, when we try to go from nothing to optimizing every tiny little thing, like even distribution of protein and protein timing, it's so overwhelming, we don't even do the minimal amounts required. So if you are new, I really want to emphasize this, don't worry about skewed versus even, just get enough protein for the day. However you can do that right now, you should be proud of yourself for just getting enough during the day. Now, after a few years when this becomes easier and you uh, maybe hit a plateau and you want to refine things and you want to get a little bit more muscle gains, then we are going to focus on even distribution. And we're going to fo focus on a little bit more of spacing those proteins out three to four hours so that we can maximize this. So I'm just going to give you an example of what this looks like. And I'm going to use my husband as this example. So my husband eats about 210 grams 
of protein a day. Now, keep in mind a few things. One, he loves it. Two, he's a really large guy. He's into bodybuilding. He's been doing this for a really long time. He has a ton of muscle tissue. This is also pretty easy for him. In fact, he usually gets 80 to 90 grams of protein in his post-workout because the meal he makes, he loves. Okay, it's his, it's his Parker House protein waffles. And he often speaks about how much he wants to build a gym and serve these waffles to everyone as their post-workout meal. Although I don't think majority of people need 80 grams of protein post-workout. And me and him have had this discussion before. So like we said before, the cap is probably around 50 grams of protein for him as far as the protein attributing to muscle protein synthesis. So anything additional, the 30 additional grams that exceed that, is it a complete waste? No, remember what we said before, it can be absorbed and it can be used for other processes, including energy. And there is some research saying that maybe it can continue to contribute, like I said, to that net positive protein state. But, 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 as an advanced athlete, if he were to break down his protein into five meals or into four meals, let's say he broke it down into five meals because the guy eats a ton. So that's pretty easy for him. You break it down into five meals of 42 grams every like three to four hours, have that normal distribution, then he can actually maximize muscle protein synthesis and will be more likely to gain more muscle than if he did a skewed distribution as a more advanced athlete. So Lane Norton actually was part of a research study, and I believe he did a lot of his graduate work on muscle protein uh, synthesis and timing. But he was part of a study that showed that skewed or just looking at hitting protein for the day without any concern about even distribution and timing did show a little less muscle gains. So once again, this is for those who are a little bit more advanced who really, really, really have the, the time, the uh, mental ability and focus. This is really fun for them to focus on optimizing these things, then this is one thing that you really can. In fact, oftentimes I get the question, Lindsay, if I just eat at maintenance, can I build? Yes, you most definitely can. But there are some things, like you have to understand, a calorie surplus will optimize. You will be able to gain more muscle in a calorie surplus. But calorie surpluses are not mentally meant for everybody, okay? Some women just mentally, it's a struggle for them. But sitting at maintenance, let me give you a few things to focus on. And you can maximize muscle growth at maintenance as much as you can get at maintenance. One, sleep. Why? Because recovery. You go to the gym, 
you stimulate, and then you go home and you recover. And that's actually where you build. Sleeping is very important. So focusing on getting seven plus hours of quality sleep will be really important for those of you who want to try to build muscle up maintenance. The other thing is you need a quality training program. Okay. And you need to be working on progressive overload. You need to be focusing on doing a little bit more this week than you did last week within that training program. That's really important. It is very easy to go to the gym and get caught up in just movements and forget, no, I need to be tracking my lifts, tracking how I feel and the effort that I'm giving in the gym. Especially if you're, if you are a little bit more, if you've been training for longer than a year and you want to maximize muscle growth at maintenance. The other thing is uh, protein quality. You want to be getting protein from quality sources. And you want to be doing an even distribution of protein where you're eating protein about every three to four hours. Now, obviously, once you've hit uh, your, sometimes when I say that, people are like, wait, every three to four hours, won't that put me over maintenance? Well, obviously, I'm just telling you to space out the timing of protein. So if you're eating four times a day, just make sure that the protein has been spaced out adequately enough. Okay. So those are some tips that will help you build at maintenance. But once again, that's for people who have been lifting longer than a year or two and who really want to uh, focus on maximizing their efforts. So I really hope that this conversation on protein has been really helpful for you. I hope that it's been helpful for people who are beginners to know what they need to focus on. And for those that are leaning into a little bit more of trained individuals and trained athletes know that what they should be focusing on if they want to maximize muscle growth for themselves and their goals. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I really hope that this has been beneficial for you. If you find that you've learned something new, please share this podcast with friends and family so that they can learn a little bit more about protein and that they can understand some fitness fallacies out there in regards to protein, protein absorption, and muscle protein synthesis. If you have any questions, I really do love hearing from you. You can message me on Instagram at LiftingLindsay. You can also go to LiftingLindsay.com and sign up for my optimized training programs where you will be able to get quality programs that you can track and progress in. Now, once again, if you sign up between December 26th and January 7th, you will also get a free nutrition macro plan.